Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Today it's our misfortune to bring you a review of Scared Stiff, the RPG 13 B-movie game system. Scared Stiff, the RPG 13 B-movie game system, is a horror movie simulator of sorts, encouraging players, or victims, to run through horrible doom at the hands of the evil mastermind. One of the features of Scared Stiff, the RPG-13 B-Movie Game System, is that Scared Stiff, the RPG-13 B-Movie Game System, allows players within Scared Stiff, the RPG-13 B-Movie Game System, to participate in mushy stuff, a special feature found only in Scared Stiff, the RPG-13 B-Movie Game System. Scared Stiff, the RPG-13 B-Movie Game System. It's system mastery. Scared Stiff, the RPG-13 Welcome back to System Mastery. John, how are you this week? Oh, I'm all right. One might uh, might say that I am currently scared stiff. The RPG-13 or... Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Couldn't get it, huh? No. Couldn't quite say scared stiff, the RPG-13 B-movie game system? God. It... I can't... This book italicizes and bolds so many things throughout this book. So for the most part, it italicizes anything in the game that is a game term. Which is good, because most of them are things like Scared Stiff or, you know, Victim. Oh, yeah. Well, the, they turn certain things into game terms that I'm like, why did you do that? Right, because they don't actually have any rules or anything. It's just that there's going to be a paragraph coming up later called that. Yeah, like the whole mushy stuff thing. I'm like, all it is is, is a suggestion that at the end of your story, people might kiss. And it's like... Well, let's be clear here. It's also a suggestion that attractive people need to stay in their fucking lane. <laughs> oh, not until the end. If it's the end of the movie, then attractive people can kiss other people. Yeah. But until that happens, you've got to stay with attractive people. Yeah, attractive people have to stay with their own. And if you kiss someone who's not attractive and you are attractive, then you earn misfortune because you're breaking the rules. Oh, also, if you're a nerd or a teacher or a high school principal, it doesn't matter how attractive you are. You can't kiss people. That's disgusting. Yeah, no one kisses nerds. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's one thing I've learned oh. in my long life. It's that no one kisses nerds. Yeah, but people do them. I mean, it's oh, just, just... Oh, they'll do them. Yeah. Just no mouth stuff. <laughs> No, there's mouth stuff. <laughs> just just no kissing on the mouth. No hand stuff. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? So, okay. Uh, without belaboring the point, this book calls itself by the name RPG-13, the B-movie game system, in every sentence in the entire fucking book, sometimes twice during the same sentence. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I obviously we've read a lot of RPGs at this point. I don't think I've seen a game refer to itself in the full title, this often ever. Yeah. Like, you never read, sit down to read, like, D&D, and it's like, Dungeons & Dragons, the fantasy role-playing system, is proud to bring you initiative by Dungeons & Dragons, the role-playing system. And you're like, stop, just stop. Players in other game systems might roll a D20 for their initiative, but in Dungeons & Dragons, the fantasy role-playing game system, we use a D10 and then modifiers based on your weapon speed. Because this is first edition Dungeons & Dragons, the RPG <laughs> game system. Yeah, I... I don't know why they decided to, like, really belabor what the name of this thing was. Well, presumably because it couldn't be more forgettable. <laughs> I think it was, I, honestly, I think he is so proud, the, the author of the book, someone named Stanley, Gene Stanley Pritchard, is so proud of the joke of RPG, th uh, RPG 13. Yeah. 
Like he is so proud. He's got. I'm making a horror movie. Horror movies are often PG thirteen. RPG thirteen. Whoa! Better make sure people get it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Louder and slower. Maybe they don't speak English. And the fact that so many of the terms are italicized throughout this, every time I would read a sentence, I would give emphasis to those terms as if, like, they had air quotes. So it'd be like, the victims, when they find innocent bystanders, will need to run away, and then a chase will happen. And I'm like, stop. Just... You don't need to have everything italicized here. I think my favorite thing in the book for that is when he starts describing time stretches. Because he takes things like uh, Eon and changes the name of that to like a mega spot or something. And a day is like a bit or a stretch. There's a, there's a spot and a, there's moments, spots. Stretches. And stretches. And, I mean, oddly enough, not scenes. Yeah. He doesn't use scene as a thing, even though it's, it's a movie-based game. Well, I mean, it's sort. I mean, okay, yeah, it's definitely a movie-based game. Why don't we start there, actually? So, just to get get it out of the way, aesthetically, this book is irritating to read. Uh, it's aesthetically irritating to read because everything in it is italicized, and it's aesthetically difficult to look at because the art is a bunch of melting Barbie dolls. <laughs> the same melting Barbie doll over and over. Uh huh. There is. I don't know if it was the artist or the writer who had some character that was like Grace Fuller. Yeah, that. Grace Fuller is apparently their character. Like, that is the DMPC that is walking around with everyone because she is every example, she's everything, and it's not like, oh, here's our sample victim, and it's, I'm going to try and, like, fuck this person over. Like, here's our poor hapless schmuck. It's always, like, Grace Fuller, who she'll get away, but then you'll die, and she's super smart, but also super sexy. I mean, until they get to the point where they actually stat her out, and they, they have all these horrifying things they have to say about her, because this book has some some, some bio-truths, let's uh, let's put it that way, Yeah. to, to spend. Uh, one of the sentences I couldn't believe I found in here was, when they're describing how Grace looks, it includes the phrase, Grace should smile more. <laughs> I was like, what? Holy Pre-empt- shit. Preemptive 10-year-old fuck you book. <laughs> So the book is split up into several sections. The beginning section of it is like how to play and for players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't get into how to like create a character for another two sections, but yeah, because it goes how to. Well, okay. Section one is what is a role playing game, and section two is what is a B movie. <laughs> oh my god. Because this is not, let's be clear here, this is not a horror movie simulator, John. So if you had that idea in your head, get it the fuck out of there. Oh, no. It's a B-movie horror simulator. You drink bleach or whatever you got to do to get that shit out of your head. You can't use this to play good horror movies. Oh, no. Or good games. Or good... (laughs) (laughs) The the whole thing, like, has paragraphs on, oh, back in the day, B-movies were the second movie that would run with... Uh, a pair of movies in a theater just so they could fill time. and The idea was that teenagers would come in and basically make out through two movies, so it didn't matter if the movie was good or not, as long as it was, as it was an hour and a half long and kept like a director employed. Oh yeah, pretty much. It was just filler movies. Yeah. And then he's like, and then later it came to just be known as like either independent films or schlock, bad movies. Yeah, schlock horror. So an example of, of the early definition of a B-movie would be, you know, like that the incredibly mixed-up kids who disappeared and became mixed-up zombies or whatever the fuck that's called. Yeah. That kind of thing, where it's like, what's what's your movie? Well, we got 15 minutes of footage of teenagers dancing in a restaurant, and then a narrator comes in for a little while, and then we cut to a scientist, and he's like, hello, the amazing story that I am about to tell you is true. I am a scientist who is working on a radio that lets crystals communicate with the dead. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So just filling time by showing us some guy in a beard talking about, like, radios. And then... 
a man dressed as a zombie comes out and goes, Rah! and then the zombie disappeared. Where did he go to? Perhaps other, another world different than this. And and the end, they all died. Credits roll. <laughs> you know, that kind of really old stuff. What we think of a B-movie nowadays is like, you know, Evil Dead. Yeah. I mean, you know, it goes from things like that. You get your standard, like, Night of the Lepus giant monster where it's just the lowest rent thing you can get. Yeah. So it's just huge rabbits. You get... Uh, Zat, or uh, whatever the, the other name. Blo- the Bloodwaters of Dr. Z, I think, is the other name for that. Yeah, and then, you know, it, it moves on, and it also wants to try and be like, I spit on your grave, or I drink your blood, or any of those sort of schlock uh, exploitation-type movies where it's like, ooh, here's a thing where we're killing teenagers, but now you might see a tit and blood. Yeah. So, I mean... If we wanted to sum up what B-movies should mean, right, it's basically they're movies that are that are uh, either really, really bad or so bad they're good. Yeah. And, and like, Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, independently made, probably a B-movie, right? Uh, I mean, it's one of the classics, but at the time, you could probably consider it a B-movie. It is made on no budget. So, like, when I'm watching, say, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah. Definitely a B-movie. Yes. Uh, but if I were to watch Plan 9 from Outer Space, John, what would you say is the reason that I would watch that movie? Uh, probably like, not, to make not, fun of it. Yes, okay, to make fun of it, exactly. Because it's funny, right? Like, unintentionally, it's like found footage style funny? Yes. So, is that the tone that this book takes? The problem is, the book starts out and tells you, hey guys, normally RPG books are very boring, and there's so many rules, so what I'm going to do is... I'm going to try and inject some of my wacky humor into it. But by the way, if you try and do that into your game, you're a fuck man, and you should go to hell. Yeah, you go to hell and you die. Yeah, it's, it's basically the tone it takes. It's like, you, you play these monsters seriously. Oh, yeah. The book comes right out and says that your players will inject comedy just because they are players and because this book has a very dim view of players. Oh, my God, does it ever. But... It was like, look, you'll get some comedy because of that, but don't try and make your thing comedy. When you make a thing, you just run it as serious as you can. If you've got a dude in a gorilla suit with a fishbowl helmet, then by God, you run that as serious as possible. (laughs) Which is, why? Because that's, I mean, if you're trying to run it as a B-movie simulator, you shouldn't run it seriously. You should say things like, and as the gorilla suit with a a fishbowl stalks towards you, briefly, you can see the boom mic, and then he is upon you. Oh, yeah, like... Put in rules for like, oh, I managed to get away because he has to trip over a PA that's slightly in the scene. (laughs) Like, that's a thing you could do. But the book really wants to be a serious horror simulator Mm -hmm. while also it's wants its cake and to eat it, too, because it wants to be a serious horror simulator while also being like, but we're just goofy schlock, man. I get the, it was like he set out to write a fun, goofy game about fun, goofy horror, but he tripped early on over his own snootiness. Yeah, well, given that there is an entire section on this about idiot players, idiot being an acronym. Yeah, yeah. So here, this is a fun thing about the layout of, of uh, RPG 13, the B-movie horror system, uh, game system. Excuse me, God, I got it wrong after, after reading it so many times, uh, is that the way the book lays out is, what's an RPG? What's a B-movie? How do you What's pl- a diorama? What's, a- <laughs> what's that rattle? <laughs> Everybody stop, hey, what's that sound? <laughs> But no, it goes into the basic mechanics of how to play the game, which is confusing because he keeps talking about stats that he hasn't introduced or talked about yet. Oh, yeah. Well, 
given that he will italicize everything, he's like, and then this will be a thing, and you won't find out about it for another 60 pages. Yeah, so that's confusing. The next thing that happens in the book, around page 20 or so, is the DM section. And so I was like, wait, did we literally, ru- did I forget, th- miss the character creation? What happened? What's going on? Oh, no, the DM section is about 25 pages long, and it's right at the first third of the book. After D- the DM section is character creation. Yeah, the thing is, the book has two DM sections, mm-hmm. and it feels like they put that one in where they did because they wanted to show the players. He's like, look, players, I know you're idiots, and I want to tell you that you're idiots so that you won't be during my rad game. Yeah, so page one of the first DM section of this book is titled Idiot Players. And then it goes on like, as you probably learned by now from running games of your own of other types, players are all dumb idiots. <laughs> They're yeah. big, stupid goofuses. And look, there's no way to stop that, so just try and fuck them up as much as possible. So these, this is what idiot stands for. Uh, indecision, uh, digression, irrelevancies, obstructions, and talking. Yeah, which is mostly just you aren't paying enough attention to my game split up over five things. I, I, yeah, I would say three of them are the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you look at digression, irrelevancies, and talking, those are all the same thing. Yeah, it's all just players going like, hey, I wanted to mention something because you are my friend and we are in a social gathering. Yeah, and it's your job as the DM of the game, I'm sorry, the evil mastermind, to slap that player. And not just slap them in person, but also with special rules designed to punish them in the game for not being quiet. I, I fucking hate that in general in games where they're like, oh, you need to punish your players in-game system for them being, like, not entirely focused. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you know, if your players aren't entirely focused, then either it's because they aren't interested in what's going on with you, or they have other things, or like I said, they are friends, and it is a social gathering. Yeah. The problem with this is, it also has sections where it's talking about, like, oh, if uh, someone says something out of character but you can tell that the character might really mean it, that's probably what the character was thinking, and you should screw them over for it. Yep. I'm like, what? How? How is me saying something like, oh, someone says a dumb thing, and I comment about how dumb it is out of character, and they're like, oh, your character thought that, and now you're a scumbag, and you get misfortune. Mm-hmm. Scumbag and misfortune are both italicized, by the way. They are both rules in the game. Uh, but yeah, this basically this is just the latest book we've encountered that perpetuates this sort of level of respect for DMs that I don't think is real. No. That's the thing. I mean, sure, you respect DMs because they're willing to take the hard job when it comes to having a night of play. Most of them, though, like being DMs. It's not like being a DM is is being the designated driver. You <laughs> volunteer for it, you have a good time for the night, and you're, you're doing a thing you enjoy, which is setting a, a challenge down in front of other players. You aren't their dad now. Yeah. the You need to be the grown-up in the room tone mm-hmm. that so many of these books take is infuriating especially would it work would it work on you john if you were like oh, i'm having a fun time i made a joke about dominoes while while we're in the middle of this D session and then the dm fixes me with an angry no smile at all stare and is like go to your room young man oh yeah well and with this book it would be like oh i see you're talking your next swing is going to be at minus two I'd be like no it isn't fuck you yeah <laughs> no, i'm just gonna add two to the swing then thanks for letting me know yeah because it's not like you're playing with a mysterious wizard who popped into the room. You're playing with a guy that you were playing Mario Kart with 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, before you sat down to play, you were like, hey man, how's it going? What's going on in your life? We're having a good time. We are friends. Now that you have sat and started a game session, you are not suddenly an all-knowing master of my life. Yeah. It's just, I don't understand why these books come up with this. And there's so many, and it's always delivered in such earnest tone. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it is. It's the fact that they think that you will immediately agree with them as well. Yeah, they're like, look, everyone knows that players are awful, and if you run a game, that you're a god king and should be worshipped as such. Yeah, uh, what these books really need to come to terms with is those aren't. It's not like those are like sacrosanct qualities. You can be both. You can be playing in a game and running a game. You can be playing and running the same game. <laughs> Take turns for the night. So when you're reading the book and you're like, I'm a sage DM, I will nod my head at this wisdom. Yes, indeed. Players are dumb. Because <laughs> I am always a DM. Yes, and indeed. Is- Player bad. Good. <laughs> Good way to say thing. I don't. It's just so weird. But anyway, after that section, there's a bunch of stuff about how to punish players for being players. Yeah. Uh, and then a little bit of stuff about, you know, horror movie convention, which, you know, pro- I guess I, at some point we should probably jump ahead and talk about character creation. Well, we should just mechanics in general, the first section. Yeah, sure. Why don't we start there? This is a 2D6, either roll under or roll over, depending on what you are trying to do. So basically, if you are trying to succeed at a task on your own, you are attempting to exceed your limitations. because You're overcoming whatever it is because your stats are weaknesses. your weaknesses. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So your your three primary stats are ignorance, uh, weakness, weakness, and clumsiness. And clumsiness. Thank you. So those basically correspond to intelligence, dexterity, strength. Yeah. Uh, so if you're trying to lift something or figure a puzzle out or whatever, you're going to try and roll over because you are overcoming your own weakness. Yes. So that's your first notch in the game. Probably supposed to be some sort of comedy. Is that your character isn't smart? He's stupid. Oh yeah. Your your stat is clumsiness and ignorance. So you're yeah. like. All right, I get it. This is supposed to be everyone's kind of a a goofus. All right, sure. Yeah, and it's fine. It works. Uh, When a monster attempts to punch you, he is trying to exploit your weakness. So, for example, if you have an intelligence of eight and you want to outwit a monster, then you roll over eight. But if the monster wants to outwit you, he rolls under eight. Yeah. I'm sorry, monster is the word under because they're better. Uh, Yes, that's right. Uh, That's right, because this book gives house advantage to the monster at any given opportunity. Yes. Um. Now, the monster is called a creep. A creep, yes. It's always a creep. Yeah, there are creeps, and this book is going to go out of its way to talk about how when a creep does something, that sure is creepy, and mm-hmm. just, a, just a lot of creep stuff. Yeah, yeah. which is always undercut by the art being just fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, I apologize to the artist, who I'm sure did a great and fine job in his time, but, but every time it's like, yeah, this is a deadly serious monster, and it cuts to a guy wearing a tuxedo and his head is a gumball machine, yeah. and you're like... Uh, all right. I get it. Your budget Mysterio is absolutely terrifying. You you got me. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the game then has some secondary qualities that you will have in addition to your main weaknesses. You have primary, secondary, and tertiary flaws. Yes. Your secondary ones are going to be things like superstition. superstition and your imbalance and cowardice. Yes. Now, you don't when you're doing character creation, those are going to be built up by uh, by gear that you take. Instead of by by being built out via stat construction. Which is one of the weirder things to me uh-huh. is, like, you almost have a standard point by 2d6 roll under array for the game, like, primary stat-wise. Yes. When you get to the secondary stats, and it's like, oh, everything starts at one, but if you buy a gun, then it your cowardice goes up, and so does your imbalance. And I'm like, okay, but why? What? It's if you have their, tools, then you're imbalanced. It's their it's their mechanic for not having to include money and for trying to keep the players from taking every possible thing that could solve the horror movie situation. 
but it, it ends up so clunky in practice where there's I'd say a whole page of this book is dedicated to parceling out the tools and weapons that are available on a Swiss Army knife and then attempting to come up with a proper imbalance and cowardice price for having one. Oh yeah. I mean, eventually it just says, "Oh, the Swiss Army knife counts as a knife and a tool." But they, when they originally talk about it, they're like, oh, you might split it up into five different tools plus a weapon, plus it's also this. And you're like, stop, no. Well, because this book has, I mean, not to draw too many thematic parallels to the last book they reviewed, but this has a lot of similarities to Weg's in that it refuses to take a stand on anything. So it'll be like, how to parcel out the value of a Swiss Army knife? Well, one thing you could do is calculate each one of the tool values of the tools that are incorporated into a Swiss Army knife. Don't forget that it's got a weapon value, so you're going to need to impose some cowardice as well. Why, a canny evil mastermind might make, might make it cost as much as 11 imbalance and 3 misfortune and 2 cowardice because of all the things a Swiss Army knife can do. That said, you may also just charge it at 5 points. Yeah, it. I I really dislike the way they handled it. I mean, not having money in your game is one thing. That's fine. Sure, sure. But the fact that uh, all of these stats are rated up to 12. Yes. If you hit 12 in any of your stats, you die. Yeah, you like, die at the next available opportunity. Yeah, if I go to 12 Superstition, then I basically go Call of Cthulhu crazy, and I know too much that man was not meant to know, and I run off into the distance. Or... If I get a 12 in cowardice, I just die of fright and yeah. so on. Yeah. But the way that happens is by getting weapons, which means the person who dies of fright is like, oh, I've got a giant machine gun and a tank, and I have died of fright. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. How? What? It, it didn't quite add up. I mean, their their example character they build is like a tool character. She has a bunch of tools on her. She's like a tinker is what they keep calling her. So she has like a big old toolkit full of tools. And so she starts the game with nine imbalance because she's carrying so many tools. And I'm like... But she's doing exactly what it says on the tin for the stereotype of the character. The character is a handyman. Like, so they should probably have a lot of tools. It would be weird if they didn't. So yeah. she shouldn't be imbalanced. She should be balanced by having a lot of tools. And it's... I also couldn't quite figure out if you get... And I think you do. The cowardice and imbalance and whatnot for finding them later. Yes, like, you do. If I'm running away from a creep and I hide in some base somewhere, like I'm running through a military base and I find a gun... All of a sudden, I become more cowardly and imbalanced? That is correct, yes. It, it's real weird to me, because I understand maybe going like, hey, we'll let you get whatever at the start, but if you go whole hog on it, you're going to be screwed up later, but we'll let you find stuff. It's just if you want to have it to start with. Yeah. But the fact that it's no, if you get anything in this game, it screws you. So that's the secondary uh, flaws. They, they basically control whether or not you die by exceeding their value of 12, and are also the controls by which you can have a number of equipment items. The tertiary flaws are misfortune and lumps. And that's your HP for lumps, and misfortune is the, if this reaches 11, you can now die. Because mm -hmm. before, if you took your lumps in damage and you were at below 11, then you would just get knocked out, but you wouldn't die. Yeah. Which is called buying the farm, mm -hmm. and it's italicized and said a lot. Yep. Uh, but if you hit 11, then you can actually die. Talking about misfortune could take up the entire rest of this review. The misfortune mechanic in this is the other way in which you can also play this outside of rolling dice. Mm -hmm. They have a diceless system where instead you gamble misfortune back and forth. So let's say uh, it has like a magic number of seven. So I have to have a stat 
that is, say, equal to or lower than 7 in order to accomplish something. All right? Let's say my stat is 8. I could say I'm going to spend a misfortune, bring it down to 7, and succeed. Then the uh, evil mastermind the can evil, say... The EM. The EM can say, oh, I'll do 2. I'll give you 2 misfortune back. Mm-hmm. And then you fail, and you can say, well... I'll take three misfortune and succeed and go back and forth like this. Yeah, it's a bidding war system. And it, that's how you can play the game without dice, is by bidding for your actions. With an interesting caveat immediately after they tell you how it all works that says, by the way, at any time the EM can just declare that he succeeds and you don't. Yeah, almost every rule in this has a sub-rule that is the GM just wins. Uh-huh. So there's two and a half pages of rules on how a chase works. Yes, and, you know, it's a B-movie, you've you got to have that running away from monsters thing, that's fine, I get it. Yeah. But it's like, oh, here's all the various, like, how, how far away are you trying to go? Uh, how fast are you going? Are you walking? Are you on a horse? Are you driving? Uh, when did the creep start? How fast is the creep going? What's your stats? And it goes on and on, and then at the very end it goes, oh, and the GM can just give you a misfortune and the creep shows up, and it didn't matter. None of this mattered. The whole two and a half pages I just talked about doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, okay, I almost kind of understand that because you have to deal with the fact that there are teleporting creeps in, in the world of horror movies. I mean, you look at like a Mike Myers type and, or a, a, a Jason type, and both of them basically have the power of, you got away from them, but they are here. They're like evil droopy dogs. <laughs> well, the, the book has that anyway because it's as soon as you get to wherever you go, you can't hide. It's just how much time do you have before the creep shows up again? Yeah, you get a spot or something like that. And then it has all these complicated rules for how long it takes you to search a building. Which, again, what are we talking about? I thought we were trying to replicate a horror movie. Horror movies rarely have a character spend an hour digging through the floor of an office building and then finally come up with the stapler they wanted. They either find it or they don't. Yeah, and the fact that it wants to be able to replicate both the like 40s and 50s schlock giant ant movies yeah as well as the slasher films of the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. makes it so that it has rules that just seem weird and out of place depending on which what way you're doing well it. a lot of them are are versimilitude game rules like the searching one is definitely one of those like okay so your players find themselves in, in a warehouse and they are trying to find pliers you should have them search for the following number of spots, which can be translated into minutes at the following category, and they can split up and search faster, or maybe the monster shows up and ruins their search, and I'm like, no, don't write like you're writing for D&D. If you're writing a game that is, we're playing a horror movie, then write around the plot device of finding the wrench. Yeah, and one of the big things in this that it has is the gizmo italicized. Uh huh. Gizmos are way more the like 50s-style... I am a science man, and I have developed a science plan, Yeah, and my like electro-inversion radio wave will turn that giant mantis into a regular mantis. Yeah, you have to find one of those oscillators or the, or the Faraday, or a Faraday cage, or one of those things with the two wires with the, with the bolt running between them. The Jacob's Ladder? Thank you. There you go. Uh, yeah. And the book is like, yeah, you need to have these, uh, these gizmos as like a main thing for it, but it has that for everything it's like oh to beat this werewolf i need a gizmo (laughs) what i mean granted to be fair when you get into the creep section it does have weaknesses for for monsters and so like a werewolf could have a silver weakness yeah it has a weakness to silver monsters are are very simple in this game because you have three stats so do they and those are just the bonuses they get to exploit your three stats yeah and then they have a number of lumps which are hit points and then they might have a weakness and that's all there is to any given creep yep um 
but creeps can have ridiculous amounts of lumps because you know you can run into their their friendly example super giant monster dog Lizza. That's right, dog Lizza, a giant dog, a giant dog. And there's a scene where he, he where you have to stop him because he's humping the Statue of Liberty's leg. So it's real important that you stop the dog Lizza from that. Yeah. That you hey you take this super serious okay I I, I, I it's want... one of the sample fucking adventures in the back of this book is Dog Lizza and I'm like you kept telling me throughout this book to take this super seriously and one of your sample adventures is a giant dog has bad breath and humps things fuck you yeah how do you take it that seriously who wants to run a game like that like okay the dog does eight ten damage of hump damage to the Statue of Liberty. Uh, Jerry, quit smiling. It's this is an actual. Hump this is da- serious. Hump damages. You know how old the Statue of Liberty is. That's made of copper, Jerry. You think that's just going to buff out? It's not. <laughs> it's, it's 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 not. Look, guys, if you aren't prepared to take this with the same level of gravita that I am bringing to this situation, then you know what? We could just play Dungeons and Dragons at his house because I'm not doing. I'm not doing this. I'm, and everyone stands up and goes to his house. <laughs> So serious, I. But um, okay. But your the damage for creeps is just based on how big they are. Uh huh. So uh, every foot is two lumps. So if you have a five hundred foot tall creature, it has a thousand lumps, which means you're going to have to have a gadget because you can't just beat it. Yeah. Now, if you think, well, we'll just shoot it with an artillery cannon or something, well, you can certainly start the game with an artillery cannon, but it will cost ten of your imbalance, ten of your misfortune, and ten of your cowardice. You're just gonna start the game and be like. Hey, I uh, I am on the precipice of death. So let's talk about how much you are actually on the precipice of death, because I don't feel like we got quite through how bad of a mechanic misfortune is. Misfortune well, turns into the currency of dipshits in this game. Yeah, outside of just a way that you could play the game with a back and forth, uh huh. It is also the punishment mechanic for not just like oh you fought this monster and instead of taking damage I'll give you misfortune. It's Hey, you you played in a way that I think is re- wrong and bad, and now you have misfortune. Basically, it says, like, if your character is playing out of character for their archetype, give them misfortune. If they aren't playing with the level of gusto you would expect, give them misfortune. If uh, if they are playing with too much gusto, give them misfortune. If, they, if their archetype would cause them to act in a way that is not to your liking, even if they are playing to their archetype, give them misfortune. The worst part of that is... The book tells you, oh, if people don't play two genre, give them misfortune. So, you know, this is a B-horror movie. People should act like it's a B-horror. Don't try and be smarter than your person is or whatever. But then there's specifically a point where they talk about splitting up. And they're like, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, if the party doesn't split up, that's going against genre convention. And you should give them misfortune. But also, splitting up, that's stupid. You should give them misfortune. I'm like, what? So, okay, let's talk about this, because at this moment, right here, we're at a precipice. This game could save itself, John, and I'll tell you how. If character creation was so easy that the idea of the basic game was you play as a guy who dies in a horror movie because people die in horror movies. Yeah. And so when you die, you just come right back in with another character, or the game's going to run so fast that it's real easy to get right back into the action. So it's fine if the DM is constantly piling misfortune on you. Because, again, you die if you hit 12 misfortune. Yeah. You just die immediately. Uh, Something kills you the moment you get 12 misfortune. So, uh, it can save itself, but let me ask you this, John. Is character creation in this game so simple that it's not a big deal if your character cacks it right in the middle of the game? I'm sorry, buys the farm? Oh my god, character creation in this is 
oddly way more complex than it should be and you the sample character creation for this takes literally four pages of text where they're like well, obviously, you'll need a plus two here and a minus one that and a plus three for this. That's going to give you a four for this. And then you have to, of course, add that into this account. And you're like, why are you? Why is a game about someone that's going to die immediately to, like, a stupid slasher killer having me spend an hour make a character? Yeah, so the answer is no. It does not save itself from that particular precipice because it takes forever to make characters. And making characters is just one more excuse for the author to get weirdly patronizing and smug because here's the thing you the way you build your character is simple you get 20 points to spend on your weaknesses and you want to keep them all within relatively close ranges so for example most characters are going to have what what is it uh two sevens and a six yeah or uh, two sixes and an eight you know depending on how you want to split it yeah uh and those are in your weaknesses you want to keep them average so you can try to roll over them that sort of thing um then the your secondary stats are only going to be controlled by how much stuff you take so you don't take a whole lot of stuff you go like all right my character has a gun, whatever. You choose an archetype, which is one of 20 stereotypes that your character could be. Things like jock, cheerleader, teenager, uh, you know, the, the cop, soldier. Uh, they're, they're listed as optional and something that you don't necessarily need to take or that you could make up for yourself. But then all several of them include bonuses that you absolutely could not play the game without. So, for example, choosing cop is you don't suffer cowardice or imbalance charges if you take guns. Yeah, because... You're as long as you're on duty. If you're off duty, then maybe you will. Yeah. Well, you just make yourself a PI then. Also, the only people that can make gizmos are tinkerers or scientists. Yes. But scientists are better at it, and there's literally no reason to be a tinkerer in this game. Uh huh. They gain the exact same uh, stat change, which is that your ignorance goes down by one. Mm -hmm. And the only difference is a tinkerer is disreputable, whereas a scientist is not. They are reputable. Yeah. And uh, the scientists can do more. So I don't even want to talk about the big one yet because it's definitely going to come up later. But you know what? Fuck it. One of the stereotypes you can choose is drag queen. Yeah. And let's be clear. This guy has no idea what the fuck a drag queen is. No. The, the stereotypes in this, there are things that aren't stereotypes for horror films. Like drag queen isn't a horror stereotype. Like that's not... I mean, I maybe they've happened in one or two horror movies, but that's not enough to make a stereotype out of it. And here's the problem: that he is nothing in here suggests that he is describing a drag queen. No, what he is describing is the straight hysteria about the trap of the transsexual. Yes, of like the '80s oh, comedy movie. Stereotype. Yeah, it's oh, I thought you were a beautiful woman, but you have a penis. Yeah, honey, that's the deal. Okay, end of joke, and that is. What this is, because, you see, there are three things you can have. You can be reputable, disreputable, and attractive. Those are the only things you can get from your uh, modifiers. A drag queen is a question mark in both attractive and disreputable because they start as attractive, but as soon as you find out who they really are, then they're disreputable. And unattractive. Or at least they lose the attractive quality. Yep. Oh, okay. what the fuck? Let's, real quickly here, Gene, you would never mistake a drag queen for not a drag queen. <laughs> yeah, if a drag queen shows up, you're like, hey, look at that drag queen. That's what's happening. Oh, look, a seven-foot golem made out of candy floss and beauty, belting out if I could turn back time as loud as she could. <laughs> hmm, I wonder if that is de a demure woman that I should make into my housewife. 
No, no, that's a drag queen. You know, because drag queen is an art form. Yeah. <laughs> you meant trans person, and you still shouldn't have done it. Yeah, I mean, in addition to that, you also have gypsy as one of your <laughs> options. Absolutely. And, of course, in addition to just being called gypsy, they have skills in stealing and fake fortunes. Uh-huh. The- At least they don't steal your children. Well, they have the skill in stealing, so if they it's wanted true, to steal a kid... Yeah, I guess. If they, if they encountered a seventh son of a seventh son, I mean, come on! Who's passing one of those up? The, uh, the skills, the way that works in here, by the way, is if it is something that your archetype would be skilled in, then you have your weakness and then roll over that. Uh-huh. So if I've got an eight in my weakness, but I have a skill in it, it goes to four and I roll over. Uh-huh. So that's pretty fun. Great. Good job. Hooray yeah. for everybody. Just wanted to really stop, briefly stop and talk about how uh, the, the gender dynamics in this game are the worst. Just just the worst. And, and Oh, it doesn't stop there. No, either. no. There's tons more. But ultimately, the theme of this book is that this guy was like, I'm going to write a simulator for horror movies. And also, I'll include any other shitty opinion about literally anything I might have. And this book is my live journal, and I'm a dickhead. <laughs> he's, uh, he's... God damn, there's a point where he talks about, like, oh, once you've made your character, uh, if it's a lady, then, of course, you're going to have to change it so that the physiognomy is correct, and you'll get a, a plus one weakness because women aren't as strong as men, but then you'll get a minus one weakness because they have strengths that, you know, men don't have, and hey, look at that, women are just the same as men. By the way, there are only two genders, and if you don't pick one of them, then you get misfortune. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be the next thing I was going to talk about. But there's a section in here on how to choose the sex of your character. Let's be clear, John, the sex of your character. Because oh, you just said gender. Oh, yeah, And I'm I want sorry. you to know right now, John, that gender is for French nouns, not for people. Oh, yeah. The, the dumb thing about that is the same page that he makes his stupid stand on, Look, you pick a sex, not a gender. There's just sex in here. Genders are for weird foreign words. Yeah, they're for conjugating nouns in French. Sex is for humans. However, the fucking same page before that, when he gives the bullet point rundown of the things you need to get, it actually says gender. Uh I'm like, buddy, buddy, guy, you know what it is. You're being disingenuous because you're using gender in that way already. Well, there's a there's a sidebar called sex and gender. And the first half of the sidebar is him explaining that gender is not a word that could be applied to humans. And then the second half of the sidebar is him explaining how you should choose what sex to play as in the game. And it's, if you're a guy, play a guy character. If you're a girl, play a girl character. If you're a drag queen, figure it out yourself. Also, I guess women could play drag queen characters. After all, there is that uh, thin fake mustache, white gloves and tuxedo set. We're like, what are you... Are you- are you describing ladies doing men's dances from the 1940s right now? <laughs> what are you t- what I mean, are you talking about? Drag kings exist, but that's not what they look but like. He, yeah, but he's like going if you want to be the person who's I I guess the lead in a taco music video, then <laughs> congratulations, you're putting on the Ritz now. <laughs> that's exactly right. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> drag kings don't drag kings don't dress like Busby fucking Berkeley. <laughs> just it's like it's like he was like well what do women look like when they dress like men oh right john waters i remember oh yeah that's right (laughs) zatara (laughs) that they look like weird stage magicians i've got it now (laughs) up to speed carrying on (laughs) i don't need to do research on this i've got it (laughs) so so there's a a sidebar on on how that that you should play the gender of the character that uh, that you are so if you're a guy, play guy characters. If you're a girl, play girl characters. Oh yeah. Um. So that's that's a fun thing. Uh. There's 
there's a lot of this. Um, the, and then, okay, so at that point, we get to a questionnaire about your character. There's like 13 or 14 options on this there questionnaire. There are specifically 13. Ah, because it's the RPG 13 the... B-movie horror system. Thank you, John. There are 13 of these for each one that you don't fill out or, or, or that you don't fill out to the exact specifications and hopes of the evil mastermind, you get some misfortune. Yeah. Which means you can start your character dead. Which it also mentions and then has a traveler reference to that. It's like, oh, I realized I made a game where you could make your character dead, and uh, the only other one I can think of is Traveler that does that. So let me just make a quick reference to Traveler and not have the presence of mind to realize I'm an idiot. Yeah, I... So these, I, I don't know that we necessarily need to list all of well, them. Well, I mean, the big one is, for me, the name. Yeah, it's well, like, hey, you need to have a name. And not just a name, a full name. You need a first and a last name, and it needs to be interesting. Yeah. Is your character John Smith? Fuck you, misfortune. You get two misfortune if your character's name is John Smith. One because it's boring, one because you don't have a middle name. <laughs> so what if, for example, your name is, uh, I don't know, Lord Darcy or Josephine Papadopoulos... Uh, Esquire the 13th. Great. That's good. I love it. However, if your name is like Dr. Clancy, that's not it because Doctor's not a first name. You need a first name in this. Dr. Clancy is a three misfortune. Not very interesting. No first name, no middle name. The, uh, the game also, the fact that it wants you to make weird, stupid names is bad because I don't think I could think of the full name of any horror movie protagonist that isn't the evil like the creep in this sense exactly this is another example of him taking his general interest in role-playing games from from what i'm assuming is a lifetime of being a grumpy asshole dm and and layering it heavily into a game where it has absolutely no business being yeah i'm like i am huge into horror movies like that's one of my things yeah and specifically nightmare on elm street absolutely love I could tell you the name of a Nancy, and that's about it. Every other victim he has, it's like, what's this? Oh, it's some teenager. His name is Bill. He dies. Who gives a fuck? I mean, what's the name of Bruce Campbell's character in Evil Dead? I think that... Uh, Ash Williams. Yeah, Ash Williams would still get one, or probably maybe one or two points of misfortune, depending on whether or not you think Ash is interesting. Well, his name is Ashley Williams, so that's interesting enough. Yeah, so Ashley, but he still gets one point of misfortune for no middle name. There you go. Even if you can name a hero in a horror movie, it, it still probably isn't going to be up to this guy's standards. And again, here's the thing. Misfortune is used by the DM to screw you or to try and kill you, which, because it's a horror movie game, should be a good thing. But it's not because it doesn't stick the landing. It takes forever to make these characters. John, to make a character, you need to think of your character's age, height, weight, build, limbs, posture, hair length, hair curl, hair color, skin tone, facial expressions, facial features, speech, disbelief, exclamation, abuse. Now, those last three are particularly fun because those are the saying your character has for when they are afraid, uh, not believing what they're seeing, or angry. And the yeah. list you get to choose from and is from the 20s. you have to pick from a, loose, a yeah. list. The list is old-timey ones. Yeah, it's so it's things like, like malarkey. Yeah, cry, criminy. Yeah, oh, Jehoshaphat. Yeah, stuff like that. Criminally, nutly. Except, again... You're trying to make a game that can cover from 40s up to present day, and no one since the 50s has had a character that, when they are scared, is going to be like, gee, how many whiskers? Well, I'm horn swoggled. Yeah, you know. This game's not about old prospectors. No, if if you want to put, oh, holy shit, on your list for I am scared, yeah. then sure. 
but no. But even then, why would you? That's not like a character's thing that they're famous for having said. No one's like, oh, remember that guy in that movie who said, oh, holy shit? Oh, yeah. The, fucking horror movie protagonist, generally not big on catchphrases. No, I can't think of one. Occasionally, you'll get them from the villains. You'll get things like, I'm Chucky, wanna play? Mm -hmm. Sure, great. That's the creeps thing. You know why? Because the creep is the main star in these. Uh, exactly. And even when the hero is the main star, and I'm going to keep going back to the well, Ash Williams has a lot of fun things he says. Maybe he's the one person in horror movies who has a catchphrase, which I'm assuming is groovy. Yeah. The Or, you know, Hail to the King, or... But even those, like, Hail to the King, or This is my Boomstick, or whatever, even those he says once, because it's funny to hear him say it once. If he spent the whole movie going, This is my Boomstick, he'd be like, yeah, no, I get it, you can stop, you can stop. That's, not, that's not good writing, please. Oh, yeah, I mean, I watched a couple seasons of Ash vs. Evil Dead, mm -hmm. and even then they're like, oh, we'll make one reference to these lines, and then we're done, because if we belabored that, it would be awful. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ash Williams. Shop smart. Shop S smart. No, stop. Stop. Ash, no. Ash, say, no. Say something different. Dad, don't don't Dad. make me roll up this newspaper and hit you on the nose. Uh, uh, gotta catch them all. <laughs> Good. Better. All these deadites. <laughs> we gotta catch them all. I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, Ash Ketchum versus Evil Dead. And also, most of these aren't numbers, by the way. So, for example, their example character, uh, Grace Fuller, who, again, should smile more and has all these, like, paragraph-long descriptions of, like, well, her long legs would only allow one to describe her properly as curvaceous. And I'm like, dude, quit jerking off over your friend's melty art. Yeah. Just also, stop making me... Ugh. In character creation, he had to give her an extra misfortune because the Tinkerer class isn't baseline attractive and he needed her to be attractive. Uh-huh. That's correct. So she starts the game with three misfortune. But here's her Here's her things. Age, youngish. Uh, height, looming. Weight, light. Yeah, they these aren't even fucking numbers. The fact that posture is a goddamn thing Hair I have to... curl! Like, what? No. 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 Thir 13. I mean, seriously, John, What? give me the posture and, and hair color of Johnny Depp's character in whichever one of the Camp Crystal Lake movies he was in. Uh, none of them. He was in The First Nightmare on Elm Street. Thank you. Please give me that, then. <laughs> I don't You're thinking know. thinking of Kevin Bacon in the first Friday I am, the 13th. I am not. I am thinking of Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street. Great. I, I would not have been able to tell you that Kevin Bacon was in any of these. I don't know. Oh, Kevin Bacon was in the first uh, Friday the 13th. Wonderful. He gets an arrow through the neck. Here's, here's the full extent of the famous horror movie franchise uh, roles that I have seen, John. I've seen Jason X, <laughs> and I have seen Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. The one without Michael Myers. Uh-huh. I've never seen a movie with Michael Myers in it. That's real sad. <laughs> I mean, it's not real sad. No, I don't like horror movies. I don't want to watch ten bad ones. <laughs> We'll just watch the first one. It's John Carpenter, baby. It's so good. I love John Carpenter, but I've gotten plenty of him out of, like, Assault on uh, Precinct 13, uh, Vampires, Ghosts of Mars, which is really bad. Oh, yeah. You're just picking the worst. <laughs> oh, no. John, don't you stop. John Carpenter's Vampires is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, my God. Why? Because <laughs> it's James Woods, baby. I thought you were going to say Assault on Precinct 13, and I was like, that's a weird choice, but I'll give, I'll give on, it to you. Out of all of the John Carpenter movies, Assault on Precinct 13 is boring old, but it has the second best music. <laughs> I like Assault on Precinct 13. It's so not, do I. It's not my favorite Carpenter by a country no, mile. it's a fascinating movie. But it, it's, it's interesting. It's absolutely fascinating, because there's no one famous in it at all. Oh, yeah, and it's got a lot of... Very good character moments in there. Mm -hmm. Also, the villains are kids, but they are deadly silent. 
throughout most and it's weird it's like he was just like i want to make a zombie movie but the villains in it are a child gang so what are they going to be constantly yelling no they're weirdly quiet everyone in the movie is weirdly quiet yeah it's a very strange film yeah it's bizarre now the best music for a john carpenter movie of course is it which is also the best john carpenter movie it not the thing i just, I, I know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah i, I definitely yeah, know you know you know yeah. what you're talking about <laughs> no the thing the thing is the best john carpenter movie <laughs> It is. Yeah. It and, is. It's, and it has the best music. It is. It's uh, probably my favorite horror movie. The like thing? of all time yeah, is Carpenter's The Thing. It's real close to mine because, as you'll know, the only horror movies I watch are ones where there's aliens. Yeah. and But mostly, for me to give a shit, they also have to be in space at some point. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Event Horizon, shit uh, like that. Alien, aliens. Yeah. Any any movie that's that's either the you see the aliens in space or there's something to do with their spaceships is is going to be good enough for me. All right. Even signs is at least there's that one scene where a bird flies into the invisible spaceship. Huh. That's good enough for me. Which ultimately signs is a bad movie, but I like the aliens in it. Oh yeah. They <laughs> real good at establishing creepiness, not so good at the plot though. <laughs> it's just one of those Rube Goldberg like, you know, one of those, and then everything aligns at the end, like your crash or whatever, where it's just like, oh, what a coincidence. Everything lined up exactly the way it needed to be. I put together a very interesting puzzle movie, Good. and all I needed to do was have a character obsessively leave water everywhere. Sorry, we were talking about this book here, this RPG 13B horror game movie system times. Man, it's garbage. <laughs> Let's keep talking about horror movies. I vastly <laughs> prefer that to talking about this book. So, uh, okay, um... But like we were saying, you get a misfortune for every one of those 13 categories that you don't fill out. Now, you know that means among players. Players don't voluntarily give themselves misfortune if they don't need to, which means every character is going to fill out every one of these and then never refer to them. At what point in the game do you think that the fact that Grace Fuller's height is looming will, will come up and be relevant to anything in the plot? Oh, yeah. the All of the various things you can pick have, like, you know, between about five to ten descriptors. So, you know, when you get to, like, hair curl it'll be like curly straight wavy and all that and all you're gonna do is for your character go through just pick one of these without giving a fuck and just be like what do, what do i got uh my posture is hunched great love it done yeah and notably grace fuller is like underdone but or undermined by her character description versus all the pictures of her because let's be clear every other picture in this book is of her her hair color or her tone is described as kinky and no she has prom night hair she does not have kinked up hair. She has she has the she has the Beverly Crusher, but blonde. Ah. So that's it. So they didn't. They even they when making the character were like, oh no, I've, I no one gives a shit about hair curl, but I have to fill something out. Yeah. Also, her expressions are for disbelief. She says malarkey. Of course, she does. For exclamation, she says crikey. And for abuse, she says it's a beauty. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. She's just Australian. <laughs> Crikey! Ooh, that's a vindorant one. <laughs> I can't think of any Australian uh, abuse terms I'm willing to say on a microphone. <laughs> You're a real drongo. <laughs> oh, that's fine. All right, yeah. But no, it's it's uh, turkey. Oh, good. So it's crikey malarkey turkey, and I challenge this person to prove to me that if he ever ran Grace Fuller in one of his games, that she said any of those fucking things. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... It's just a weird thing to force on people to be like, hey, you have to have an exclamation, three different ones, and I'll probably give you misfortune if you yell something that isn't that. Like, yeah. if if your character is scared and you yell out, 
oh, jeepers, but your actual I'm scared thing was, good golly, then boy howdy, that's a misfortune. Yeah, now for example, if if you forget to say your exclamation from this list, which is, barfola, blast, blimey, crikey, criminy, cripes, darn, dear me, and so on, uh, then, dear me? Yeah, I. it's bad, the list is bad, and the idea is bad. Whew. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like we were saying earlier, we get a brief, brief section on, uh, oh, uh, how combat works, for example. You roll over your own mightiness or what, or uh, weakness or whatever. If you hit someone, then your weapon will have a flat amount of damage. It adds to a D6. You deal that many lumps. Uh, you can't kill... And, no- a, and a random. So it's yeah. a D6 plus whatever. D6 plus flat. You can't kill creeps. Uh, you can give them enough lumps that they get knocked out, though, until the end of the game... There is a specific rule of, oh, I'm the G- GM and I just have my monster disappear. Uh, there's the weakness for them where it's like, oh, you can find out what they can be killed by easily. So uh, the game wants to give you misfortune, though, if you know that. So, like, if you're fighting a werewolf and you go, hey, guys, we need a silver bullet, then you're going to get misfortune because you're meta gaming, which... That means that you think these people live in a universe where werewolves don't exist. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, you know, no one's ever heard of a werewolf. This is a new thing. Yeah, that's a, that, but, I mean, you see that problem all the time in zombie fiction, uh, where no one's ever apparently ever seen a zombie movie. Yeah. Uh, have you seen one where anyone... Uh, you're, you're a master of zombie movies. You've seen virtually every single one of them. Yeah. Has there ever been a zombie movie? And I'm, I'm not counting comedy ones. Yes. So I don't know if so Shaun, no Shaun of the Dead. No Shaun of the Dead, yeah. where someone immediately goes, oh, this is just like Night of the Living Dead. We need the following things. Yeah, there are occasional, usually more indie zombie films will Mm -hmm. be like, let's lean into the fact that it is a zombie film and have protagonists like from the start go, yo, dude, just shoot that motherfucker in the head. Yeah, you got to cut the head off or they'll die. But even then, is it because they know from from uh, pop culture or is it because the zombies have been around for a while? Uh, uh, Depends. Usually you can tell if they're going to have any sort of knowledge of it. If they're allowed to call them zombies, yes, that's a big part of it. You see, and and the more likely they are to be allowed to call them zombies, the more likely it is to be a comedy thing. Z Nation, for example, is very tongue in cheek, and it's called Z Nation. Well, yeah, but I mean, most of the ones where if you have characters that know about zombies to begin with, and then a zombie outbreak happens, you have that sort of scream esque thing where it's we know about slasher films and a slasher yeah. is here. I really I mean we had that character in our last our movie review of the character who understands zombie uh, culture and convention yeah. and is actually being attacked by zombies. But now I want that to happen again where like some dude who's completely used to zombies comes up across a pot of survivors and he's like, "Hey guys, how far are we from zombies?" Zombies. You mean we call them chompy walkers. <laughs> we call them chompy wompies. <laughs> oh, great. Australian zombies. This- Oi, we, we call them bitey whities <laughs> We call them Charles Wazlas. Here they come, oh, good. <laughs> We've just been sicking the gators on them. <laughs> so, but, like, you just, I want to see that character like, hey, guys, how far are we from zombies? Do you mean gooey chomp chomps? No, no, no zom- one, no you, one says that. You know, zombies like in the many years of zombie media that we've all been consuming our entire lives, and and you apparently forgot because zombies started to exist now. Yes, they come at night mostly. We don't know how to kill them. You have to destroy the brainstem or cut it off. Are you a wizard? <laughs> I don't think that'll work on gooey chomp chomps. <laughs> Stop saying that. That's the worst thing you could possibly call them. <laughs> That's that's literally the dumbest name ever. I'm so, who put this guy in charge? Oh, you mean old Shigeru Miyamoto? 
Yes, we should call them gooey chomp chomps. <laughs> also, they don't kill anyone. They just friendly tickle them. <laughs> Did you know that the actual story behind the chain chomp is that Shigeru Miyamoto was afraid of loud dogs when he was a kid? Of course. Great. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we should probably wrap this bad boy up. John, what would you say is your favorite thing about uh, RPG 13, the B-movie game system? Scared uh, Stiff. The B-movie horror RPG. So Scared Stiff, the best thing in here, like, I, I want to say that the system of the role, like, one stat... And everyone is using that. So, like, the villains are trying to roll under, you're trying to roll over. I like that. Instead of having to give your own monsters stats, it's just, oh, they just play off of yours. Uh Uh-huh. So, I like that. I like that as an idea for streamlining streamlining what the numbers are. So, you don't have to worry, like, all right, I made a zombie, and it has different stats from a killer clown, which has different stats from a robot, and so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, I like how easy it is to make monsters in this game. Yeah, well, it's got a a monster thing in the back where it's just like, what did you want? Uh, Any kind of giant animal has like 10 different things for it. So it's like, uh, rabbit, giant, dog, giant, merry-go-rounds, giant. Giant merry-go-rounds. Monkeys, giant. Mummies, alive. Hawks, silver, cats, thunder. Dracula's dead and loving. <laughs> ducks, Howard the. <laughs> so, uh, ducks, mighty. <laughs> so yeah, I, but the monsters are so simple in construction. I actually I do kind of appreciate that. Now, now keep in mind that that I like that you can basically take a monster and be like he's a minus two plus two minus one, and uh, his weakness is that he is damaged by water. Done. He has eight lumps. Uh, th- it falls apart in close evaluation where you have to calculate how the height in feet of your monster to figure out his lump total yeah and i think there's a minimum the, too. the amount of pluses you have to your character is how many foibles they have yeah because I, I, there's got to be a minimum to that as well to stop like you know freddy from having three lumps because he's six feet tall well no he would have 12 lumps because oh, he's six four, feet tall. it's four per two feet it's two per feet it's two per foot oh i'm sorry i had it i had it backwards in my head yeah i thought it was one per two feet no Okay, so we would have 12 lumps, which is a normal human amount of lumps. Yes. Yeah. Except he's also, you know, supernatural and immune to damage, so... Now, we should note that Grace, the example character in this book, doesn't even have any lumps. She has lovely lady lumps. <laughs> that was a surprising thing for them to bother putting in there. It was uh, a little inappropriate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... One of, the, one of the things you had to fill out on the sh- sheet, in addition to posture and hair length, was... What are you going to do with all that junk? <laughs> yeah, there's just humps with a black box next to it. I don't know if you're supposed to, like, check off or not. <laughs> I, humps, yes, no. <laughs> I mean, the, the sample has an arrow pointing diagonally up and to the right. I have no idea what that means. What are we talking about? <laughs> what would you say is your least favorite thing about this game? Oh, there's so many. Um, Pick your least favorite, John. I mean, I I can leave you... The fact that it's oh, mine's its ideas gonna, on gender are the worst. Mine's going to be stay in your lane. I, I can go first and then let you have yeah, something. Yeah, go for it. My, my least favorite thing in this game is the single sentence, stay in your goddamn lane, you jerk. There's all this stuff in here about what he thinks of gender identity theory and, and uh, convention for role-playing games that isn't for B-movie horror role-playing games and insults being delivered to other games and, and, and a whole section on dividing up what kind of idiot your friend is. I'm sorry, the player is. But he's your friend, damn it. That's why you're at the same house as him. <laughs> um, so 
this this book has all this stuff in it that's like, no, dude, if you want to write a slim volume about role-playing games, and let's be clear, this thing is about 40 pages long, then do that. All these digressions are just weakening your general point and making me hate you. Yeah. So, stay in your lane. That's my least favorite. John? Uh, you know, outside of the fact that this guy's an awful human being. Yeah, all the gender theory stuff. We already went over it, but yeah. let's be clear, it's the worst part of this book. Oh, it is it- definitely the worst part of that, and I would, I'll just state that outright. Yeah. The worst part of reading this is going to be the constant italicized things. Yeah. And the fact that he has to say RPG 13 B-movie horror game system over, like, twice in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have sentences where at least half of it is italicized terms. Yeah, or whole paragraphs where the only words that aren't italicized are things like and and because of. Yeah, it, and the rules in there, no, you know what? I, I think I am going to take that it's the rules where all of them are undermined. Because it's, here's a rule. Here's how you fight. Uh, but a monster can just win. Here's how you run away. A monster can just win. Here's how you do this. A monster can just win. And all of it is, I give you one misfortune and completely fuck over everything. Yeah. With a secondary sidebar for some of them that's also like, don't even give them a misfortune. Sometimes a monster can just win. Yeah. Oh, sometimes a monster just shows up and rips your face off. Anyway. Yeah. Which, you know, is fine for conve- genre convention. Uh, characters getting randomly cacked by stupid things. We didn't even talk about the mechanics of morality in this game. The whole thing about, like... Oh, uh, scumbag. Scumbag. Scumbag is if your character doesn't help every single innocent bystander, which is italicized, by the way, because uh, they're useless people that are also there. Um, if your character doesn't help them, they get misfortune. Even if you're playing a character who's like, what are you? I'm the local town asshole. Yeah, like, but being a scumbag means you get misfortune. And even if you say something out of character that's mean, like... If you make fun of the monster, you get misfortune for being a scumbag. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. So so he tried to do this in genre convention and then just didn't half the time. Yeah. No, game's bad. I can't pick one thing. It's very, very bad. I'm just, at least I'm not saying tone this time, which, because be clear, I could have said tone and oh, been yeah, right. Oh, yeah, the tone is also bad, but honestly, just that entire section on character creation where he is being the biggest asshat ever. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, uh, he should have just done gear and packages and not made all this nonsense about, like, if you have a big old gun on you, it's because you're a coward. It's like, no, because some characters in horror movies have guns on them. Also, if a dude who is like, hey, I'm like a giant evil werewolf, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take a gun, not because I'm a coward, but because that's a fucking giant werewolf. Yeah. I Okay, so there you go. Uh, would you play this? No, definitely not. The system is bad. The idea is disjointed to the point where you couldn't do a good theme. Uh-huh. And you, I assume, would not? That is correct, sir. I would not play this game. It's bad. It's bad for everyone. Okay, John, before we go into housekeeping for the end of this particular show, we do have one special announcement that we have to make to all of our fans and listeners and even the people that hate us. Yeah, all of our fans and then a different subset, which is our listeners. <laughs> I want to say hello to our listeners. <laughs> I want to say thank you to you two. <laughs> Are you talking, you two, to me? I can't me? stop. Why is that podcast so good? <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, there's only like six episodes of it, too. <laughs> I, okay, so um, the big news that we have is that Blimp Leggers is on the verge of actually happening for once. It is an actual possibility So instead of just like reams of nonsense notes that exist. So to give you an idea of how that happened, here's here's the fundamental difference between... John and I and people who write role-playing games. Uh, we don't write role-playing games. We're, we're reviewers and critics and comedians. 
and not actual, uh, you know, qualified game authors. Yeah. Also, we're lazy. We're lazy. I'm like real lazy. <laughs> so the trick to getting Blimp Leggers developed, as it turns out, was to hand it over to an actual professional. Oh, yeah. Well, we just straight Tom Sawyered them. We're like, hey... We uh we we would hate it if if anyone tried to write this blimp leggers for us cuz it's so fun. <laughs> I thought we were just pretending to be dead. <laughs> uh, turns out everyone in town actually loves blimp leggers after all. Oh, went to my own funeral. <laughs> so uh the uh, the secret to blimp leggers was to pass it off to someone and we didn't pick just anyone. We picked the acclaimed and esteemed author of the system mastery role-playing game. Well, yeah, if we're going to give our idea to anyone to write a game on, it's going to be the people that wrote the game about us. That's right. So this is going to be going to a friend of the show, Erica Chapel. Yep. Uh, and what you, if you want to support Blimp Leggers and have it actually exist, uh, all you have to do is hit a stretch goal on her role-playing game, uh, Flying Circus. Yeah, we so, are one of the stretch goals. That's right. So all you have to do is... Go to Kickstarter and support Flying Circus, a role-playing game of high-flying adventure. RPG 13. RPG 13, <laughs> B-movie, a horror system. No, it's called Flying Circus. You can find it on Kickstarter right now. It's got a couple of weeks left, and we are quite a ways away in terms of our, the stretch goal that would actually put Blimp Leggers for real out into the world. I mean, don't, don't just sit around and wait for it. It's only been out for a few days, and it's already like 200% funded, but... It still needs, like, 300% funding to get us. That's correct. So uh, you want to you help us hit that $15,000 stretch goal, at which point Blimp Leggers will come into existence. Even if you At don't... which point Blimp Leggers will come to your house and personally shake your hand <laughs> and tell them that they're proud of you. They'll let you ride on their blimp, and then you'll use it to chase bullies into a dumpster. <laughs> They'll be your new dad. You psychopath. <laughs> blimp Leggers is your dad now. <laughs> The st- at the stretch goal, Blimp Leggers becomes your dad. <laughs> That'll be the thing that finally gets it to come home with those cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> you can pledge at the Blimp Leggers is your dad level. And, and then he comes home and tells you he's so proud of you and all the work you've done. And you're not lazy. You're just special. You want Blimp Leggers to pat you on the head and call you sport? <laughs> By God, Blimp Leggers will do it. Blimp Leggers has a mitt and a ball, and they want to play catch. With you. They have a spare mitt for you in case you don't have one. They know you're left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, Flying Circus in and of itself actually looks to be a really fun project. It's a, it's a Powered by the Apocalypse uh, offshoot game that uh, is all about pilots going out and flying and doing amazing daring do in their cool airplanes and blimps and auto gyros. Yeah, there's, and then, a, there's a lot of heavily modified rules to make all of this work, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems very interesting. It does. It seems like an awesome game. It was right up my alley even before the whole blimp players thing happened because I'm a big airplane dork. Oh, I know. So, so for me, this was a big get. So again, just go to Kickstarter and search for uh, uh, Flying Circus and then support it so that you can help us realize blimp leggers is a real thing in a real book somewhere. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Otherwise, John, uh, let's talk about the uh, regular housekeeping for the show. Yeah, we've got our own thing where you can just give us money. Yeah, you can just give Patreon. So here's our address. You can just mail us money. Hey. Cashier's check. Look, we take cash or cashier's check only. If you try to barter with us. (laughs) None of that's true. I swear. No, we absolutely (laughs) only barter with people. We have been bribed with DVDs and RPG books (laughs) so often. If you want to send us three chickens. If you want to send us three hams, that will thrill us. Three hams will fill us. Three hams will thrill us. Why don't you send us three hams? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) 
Brack Show references. Yeah, we if didn't even send... go into steamed hams with that one. <laughs> if you send us three hams, I will personally send you a complimentary drawing of yourself as a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you. I'm talking about Mansion Land. <laughs> All right. Guys. <laughs> so, Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Uh, stop on by and support us. If you support us at any level at all, you get the bonus content for System Mastery, where we make characters in the game we just reviewed. Which so, we are about to do and spend right. too much time making a shitty uh, character. It's going to take so long. No, screw it. I'm just going to start with a dead character. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> Guys, I made a character. Unfortunately, they had a cowardice of 12 and died. <laughs> anyway, that's it. <laughs> Let me sing you sorry about my character now. So... So, again, you can just stop on by and support us at any level. You get those bonus contents. Uh, if you support us at the $2 above level, you actually end up with a lot more bonus content because you get the bonus content associated with our Expounded Universe Star Wars Novel Review Podcast as well. Yep. So, lots and lots of bonus content available on the Patreon and a huge backlog of it. We've been making bonus content episodes of System Mastery for more than 100 episodes now. So, there's more than 100 bonus contents floating around out there for you there if you've got literal your literal years of us making this. That is correct. So, like two years worth of bonus content out there. So, if you're running low on System Mastery to listen to, it's a great way to go get more. Yep. That's patreon.com slash System Mastery. Otherwise, find us at systemmasterypodcast.com or System Mastery on Gmail, Facebook, Reddit, or Twitter to send us your recommendations, adulation, praise, and hams. Steamed hams. <laughs> I thought we were having steamed clams. <laughs> oh, no. I said steamed hams. That's what I call hamburgers. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing the whole thing. We don't need to make a whole thing of steamed hams, but it's two guys on a podcast. I think we probably should, and then someone can run it over the actual uh, the, the clip. Yeah, there we go. And then, after that... Then we'll be truly famous. Then someone will take it, auto-tune it, turn it into a YouTube poop. Well, here's the thing. If we were to do it right now, from memory, then we'd probably get a few things wrong, and that would be the part of it that's amusing and funny. <laughs> no, because I've memorized it, the whole thing. I've seen all of the hams. Well, Seymour, I made it, despite your directions. <laughs> ah, Superintendent Chalmers. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable luncheon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, we could do this. All right, folks. Th- thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks with more System Mastery. And until then, have a good week. 